0: All right, let's turn to Genesis chapter 24. Good morning. Good morning. Genesis chapter 24. All right. Okay, now Abraham was old and advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household who was in charge of what he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord. The God of heaven and the God of earth that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live but you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac the servant said to him suppose a woman is not willing to follow me to this land should I take her son back to the land from where you came then Aaron said to him beware that you do not take my son back there the Lord the God of heaven who took me from the father's house and from the land of my birth and who spoke to me and he swore to me saying to your descendants I will give you this land he will send his angel ahead of you, and you will take a wife for my son there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free of this oath of mine, only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham, and swore to him concerning the matter. Um, then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master, and went on with a variety of goods, things of master's in his hand. So the set out forth went to Macedonia, to the city of Nahor, and he made camels kneel out down outside the city by the well of the water and was and it when it was evening the time of the woman uh go out to draw water and the lord god of my master abraham please grant me success today and show kindness to my master abraham behold i am standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water now may it be that the young woman to whom i say please let down your jar so that i may drink it and who answers drink and i will water your camel also may she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master and it came about before he had finished speaking that behold Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel the son of Milcah the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder the young woman was beautiful a virgin no man had relations with her she went down to spring filled her jar and came up then the servant ran to meet her and said please let me drink a little water from your jar and she said drink my lord then she quickly lowered her jar to the hand and then gave him a drink Now, when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will also draw water for your camels until they finish drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the into the trough and ran back to the well to draw. And she drew all the camels, drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was taking a close look at her in silence to find out whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. Amen. We'll stop there. There's quite a bit more to cover. Um, so, a, a series of conversations and events, and it's confirmation that Rebecca is by the Lord to be Isaac's uh, wife. And um, she goes in faith and in obedience. And, um, and so, God blesses Abraham's household. God blesses Isaac. Okay, a couple of things here, very, very interesting. Um, you may have read this before. But Abraham uh, calls on his highest servant, basically uh, uh, the person in charge of all his uh, work possessions. Um, I, guess, I guess you could say the, the CEO you know, of, of all operations <clears throat> for his possessions. Abraham is a, a man of great wealth and abundance at this point. Uh, and so he asks uh, his servant, uh, Eliezer, to come and you'll, you'll hear quite, you know, to us it may seem quite uncommon, uh, we, it's not something we do today, uh, but back in those days they, they would make an oath or a promise. And the way they would do that is they would ask them to put the hand under the thigh. Uh, and make this promise, and so all you need to know is it's like the biggest deal, right It's like you know I, I don't know in the kingdom of God in, in the church today we just you know we tell each other, let your yes be yes, let your no be no don't don't swear by anything, don't make promises um, And so we should be as believers, people who keep our word. but in the world it'd be like You know sign with blood or here's a contract make a deal if you don't if you breach this contract you lose everything Um, Some of the roots have to do with uh, 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 There's a Covenant that God had made with his with his people about circumcision and so some some scholars believe that it was like symbolic of making an oath based off of you know symbolism or ties to this covenant. So there's a spiritual sort of origin uh, that's tied to a covenant God had made through circumcision and so by somehow putting your hand under the thigh it, it kind of you know, connected these two. Um, and so it was attaching a human commitment to in some way symbolize a spiritual you know, covenant or commitment that God had made. All to say it was a big deal. Um, how, do I, how do we know it's a big deal? Um, It happens in other places in scriptures as well, but if you look at Eliezer, if you you read through carefully, you'll see what incredible devotion this man has. A singular mission to obey the mandate and the calling that Abraham had given. and so you know what's what's the big deal why why can't isaac uh, uh find a wife or a family from the neighboring regions why why can't isaac so what so what if he marries a canaanite um a couple things working here in the backdrop uh, we know that god has made abraham a promise we know that god has made a promise to multiply and to give him many offspring we know that god has promised him a future land and a future home. A future land and a home that Abraham himself never fully comes to realize, which is why in Hebrews 11, the scriptures says of Abraham that he was a man of faith. That even though he never obtained the uh, physical land that he still obeyed in God. And we we covered last week that by the end of his life, you know, he had a lot of possessions, but in terms of property and estates, you know, the only thing we know scholarly that he may have had by the time of his end of his life or you know, or the time of uh, Sarah's end of life also was just this one plot of land of burial ground that he had purchased so he had an incredible amount of faith that even if it hadn't come to fruition the fullness of it, I mean, you know, at this point he has one child right, yet God promises that he'll be the father of many nations at this point he has one plot of land for burial for his wife but but God has promised that he'd have much much land and inheritance and so what is Abraham doing? He's like, I totally believe. I totally believe still, even in my old age, even though my sight is passing, even though I, I don't have as much as I you know, envision. I still believe that God is going to follow through in his promises. I don't see it. It's not in my hands, but God has said it. And so what he's doing is he's still planning. He's still preparing. He's like, it hasn't happened yet. But I know it will. So he goes to Eliezer and says, Hey, make sure my son doesn't go back. Right? At, at this point, in this juncture, if certain things haven't happened that we believe God has said, we start hedging. We, you know, we start planning. And so, so Abraham, even if he doesn't see it, he communicates clearly. Um another another layer or part in understanding this is in the in the greater redemptive narrative and story you know we know that jesus the messiah is going to come uh uh, through the you know messianic line through 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 the people of, of god through israel um and so whether abraham fully understands that or not uh what's attributed to abraham is just complete faith that god said i'm going to do these things that god said i'm going to bless you in this land and so Abraham has complete faith, um, and he communicates this to Eleazar, and then Eleazar comes and uh, follows through. Um, there's a certain value, there's a certain, um, you know, principles and truths, a relationship that Abraham has uh, with God. And Abraham has been given this mandate that I'm going to appoint, that I'm going to make this nation, that I'm going to make this culture, that I'm going to make this, you know, community and people. And so the worst thing that could happen would be for his son to then take on the value systems and the practices and the cultures of otherworldly, of another kingdom, right? And so we see that in history, when you read through the Old Testament, you see Israel will take on or or parts of israel or parts of the kingdom would merge or become like the neighboring regions might even adopt and take on some of their practices marriage practices uh, eventually uh, uh you know sacrifice practices and so they would become like the neighboring regions And so i mentioned last week um when god says to abraham hey take isaac on the altar and sacrifice him you know abraham has this personal relationship is following God. God is not like the other gods. But then towards the end, as they get closer, God says sacrifice. And Abraham, if you're understanding what's going through his mind, is like, oh, this is what other gods do. All the other gods in the region, this is, oh, I guess God's like, you know, not different. I guess God's like all the other gods. And so then he goes through the emotions, and shows God that he's faithful and obedient, but then obviously God stops and says, no, I'm not, I'm not like the other gods. You know, I'm, I'm merciful, I'm gracious. In fact, foreshadowing one day that I myself will come and, and take upon the full brunt. So so there's all, all these things going on. Abraham, because of faith, even though he hasn't fully realized all the promises of God, is preparing the way. It kind of reminds me of uh, Solomon and uh, King David, right? King David, because uh, he was a man of war and had blood on his hands, God wouldn't allow him to build the temple even though he had that desire. Uh, God said, it'll be your son. And so what, is, what does David do? oh man I can't do it so I guess I'm just gonna just do my own thing you know live live life no he he says okay I can't do it but I'll, I'll, I'll do everything I can up to the point of building the temple so he gets all the supplies he gets all the equipment he gets everything ready even though God says you're not the one who's going to build this temple he does everything in his power to pave the way so that one day when it's his son's turn to do what God has put on his heart to do, but has not called him to do, that the next generation, that the next person, that even if it's not me, that God might use me to help someone else to fast track. And so there's, there's such incredible honor in that. You know, I mean, ask yourself, you know, for ourselves, what was something we wanted to do for God or we wanted to do in general? And for whatever reason, God said no. You know, what was our response to that? You know, how did we react? Was it like, woe is me, right? And then there was a season of discord and, and non-communication with God, or was it, okay, God, if you're not moving in this way, you must be moving in another way. How can I meet you there, and how can I give the fullness of my devotion to you in that aspect, right? And so, you know, God may say no, right? We, I think I mentioned it on Sunday. There's three answers to God. Right? When we pray. All right? We all want yes. (laughs) Right? Come on, let's be honest. We all, when we pray, we all want yes. Um, But as we mature and grow, we know, we know that there's sometimes God says no. And it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't have to make sense. God doesn't need to give us an explanation. Sometimes it's just no. Right? And sometimes later we figure out why. Oh, okay, because you had, you had, you know, and and then in the hindsight 2020 is what we call it, right? King, kingdomly, kingdom speaking hindsight 2020, we see how God may have had other hidden purposes and reasons that we wouldn't know or have known or even have known how good it was unless God has stopped us. So, you know, when we do EG or, or GIC, I'm sure as well, but in EG, you know, Blackaby in Unit 4 or 5 is praying for this thing so intensely and God says no and then there's a season of distraught and then not too long after that something incredible happens and then Blackaby is like oh my gosh thank you for saying no if I had known at a a later time now what I know now I'm so glad." and so what does he say he says God if I ever ask you for something and you have something better for me cancel my prayer (laughs) right that's what he says Lord, you know, I think I know what's best. I think I know what I want. And and it seems like the best thing at the time. And, And then I pray and it doesn't happen. And then, you know, there's turmoil. And then God, you have something better. God, I'm so glad you didn't answer that prayer. I'm so glad you didn't do it the way I thought it would be best. Because what you have is so much better. And so God, I give you permission. I love this phrase. I give you permission to cancel my prayer if you have something better for me. Um, So, so we all want yes, but as we mature and grow, we know that there's a no and that we know that God doesn't have to give us a reason, but we have to obey. God says no, doesn't make any sense, but you have to obey. And then I mentioned on, on Sunday, the harder one is, I said there's three answers. I said there's yes, which we all want, which we don't always get. There's a no, which we struggle with, but probably what's the hardest is wait. Wait is also an answer. It's probably the answer we hate the most. It's probably the answer where we operate in the most disobedience. Because we want a yes. And so then God says no. So then we force another way. In our construct, God, it's either yes or no. Get with it. Because if it's a no, I'm going to do something else. Does that make sense? But that's not trusting God. This is what I want. Come on God, just give it. <laughs> okay, no. Fine. But at least tell me it's a no. Give me closure. Give me closure so that if you're not going to do it, then I can move on. No, sometimes it's wait. If God doesn't give an answer, it's wait. It means wait. It means wait till God gives clarity. And that's usually the hardest thing. Waiting on God and there all through scriptures. There, there's the most Manly of men's, the most women of womanly's, right? There's long periods of waiting. Come on, the king of the world, gonna save the universe for all eternity. Had to wait 30 years. Had to listen to his mom and dad. Had to obey. Moses had plans and ideas. 40 years in the wilderness. Abraham promised a son and a child, you know, and, 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 you know, inheritance. All the which towards the end even didn't realize David wanted to build this temple. God says no. But that didn't stop him. No didn't stop any of these people from being faithful to God with what God has given them in that time. Does that make sense? So if you're operating in a season of no, then what is it that God has given you that you can be faithful to? Amen? And so, uh, uh, you know, Eliezer goes and uh, incredible obedience uh, does what his master Abraham wants. I mean, Eliezer may not fully grasp the promises that God has given Abraham. Eliezer may not fully understand the big picture of what God is doing, you know, for the nations, for the future. But Eliezer understands one thing. This is his master. This is this is who God is appointed him to. And there's complete obedience. And in this obedience, he's able to partake in the ultimate purpose and plan of what God wants. God needs me and you and all of us, whether we understand it or like it or not, to obey in the ultimate purpose, trusting in God for what he has in this particular season, for where you are. For where, we, you know, where you are in your life, this stage, in this city, in this community, what God is seeking is complete trust and obedience in Him for His timing for all things. And um, that's how the will of God gets done. The will of God and the work of God gets done by hundreds of people, by, by, by individuals who are willing to commit and submit and, and follow. Through and in obedience, uh, you know to to God's people, to God's uh, to those God has appointed, uh, individually in your home, in your family, uh, in your in your in your own work, relationally, whatever in your finances, in your time, whatever God has blessed you with, you are able to follow through and give honor to God by doing these things faithfully. Um, Eliezer says so he comes and he meets and makes this arrangement thinks you know rebecca is the one and and he's you know i guess he's excited or he's really homesick or one or the other um excited that this is what god is doing or really just wants to finish this assignment and get out of here you know either way you know as, as long as you're faithful um and he says i will not eat until i have told about my errand so so he comes and i offer you food and And I love what uh, uh, Spurgeon says here about Eliezer. Like every true servant of Christ, he puts his master's business before his own ease or comfort, even before the question of necessary food. When a man begins to think more of his eating than of doing the will of God, he ceases to be a true-hearted minister. Right? So man or woman. Like every true servant of Christ, he put his master's business or master as in our Lord. He put his Lord's business before his own ease or comfort, even before the question of necessary food. When a person begins to think more of his eating than of doing the will of God, he ceases to be a true hearted minister. Um, Eleazar was a messenger uh, of God, um, a, a, a minister of doing God's will, um, you know, he was he's, he's quite, quite a great uh, servant leader. Um, the scriptures points to us of even a, a greater messenger, right? Um, one who is even greater than Eleazar, which is our Lord Jesus, who came as a son in obedience relinquished power, relinquished his authority, had a message for the world, the kingdom of God is near. He was faithful, right, to obey even to the point of death and death on the cross. And so we give praise to Jesus because in many ways he was that son. He was that right hand man. He was that CEO that God had entrusted and and came to deliver the message of hope and, 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 and that all would be saved to those who would believe. And, and then ultimately paid the price on the cross as he was crucified. And, and the Lord invites each of us, right, this morning and this week, to follow in his footsteps as, as a servant, as a leader, but as a servant leader, and to obey and to be faithful and to continue on in carrying this message. And, and we can carry this message by presenting the Gospel, but we can also carry this message by how we respond to ad- adversity how we respond in obedience, uh, how we respond to God, and and being faithful to the things God has given us, even as God is working to build and increase in our lives. And Abraham is a great example of that. He hasn't seen the fullness of the realization of what God has promised, but that doesn't stop him from following in obedience and preparing Isaac for one day, who would carry on the legacy, who would carry on you know, the father of many nations. Abraham completely believed God and in so doing, was obedient and faithful to the very end. Amen. Uh, let's, let's respond in worship. And so let's respond this morning and just, just give praise to the Lord. And let's just, uh, in our hearts as we worship, And as we sing, and just come to the Lord and say, Lord, here am I, right? Here am I, God. I want to be faithful to the call. Lord, you've given me one life. You've given me a set amount of seasons and capacities and abilities in this lifetime. And I want to devote all of this to you when you say yes, I say yes. When you say no, I say no. When you say wait, I say wait. Lord, I follow you. Lord, I'm here to follow you. I'm not here to give you advice on how to follow me. And let's just rededicate, recommit. let's just declare God's faithfulness to us and such witnesses and examples of faithfulness to God and that we may follow in those footsteps. Let's give praise to our Lord this morning. Thank you.